What's up, what's up, what's up, Snap Survivors? I am Tasha Pierce. This is After the Snap, a virtual refugee camp for everyone affected by Thanos Snap. Happy New Year to everybody. This is uh, the New Year's Eve or New Year's Day, by the time you listen to it, episode of After the Snap, where we will be taking a look back at 2018 and a look ahead at 2019. Um, and we're going to do that from the window of what I am looking forward to in this new year. So I uh, hope everybody is doing well. Hope everybody has had a very, very blessed and prosperous holiday season. Um, thank you again for joining me, coming back. And if this is your first time with us, welcome, welcome, welcome to the family. Welcome to the community. We are glad to have you. So uh, just to jump things off, I told you in the uh, Avengers episode about a few things that are coming up right here uh, to end the year off and to begin our new year. Just want to give you a reminder that the Orville is uh, picking up season two on December 30th. Young Justice is going to be uh, premiering its new season on January 4th and the the final short trek in the Star Trek short short treks series will be airing on January 3rd and um, of course we having the 46th anniversary of me on January 2nd hopefully you guys are uh you know give me some birthday love send me some shout outs on Facebook Twitter and uh Instagram and you can also send me an email. Uh, let me know that you guys are thinking about me on January 2nd. And if you're not, that's fine, too, because I'll come right back to talk to you on uh, Friday. And that episode will be Iron Man 3 for the next installment of our watch party. And I mentioned briefly on our last episode uh, about our YouTube channel. But if you all are... Uh, watching videos or streaming on YouTube, you can go and catch us uh, uh, on our new YouTube channel. That will be After the Snap. When you search, search for After the Snap channel and you should be able to find me. Um, That is where I possibly will be giving my reviews on the Orville season opener, the Young Justice season opener, and the final episode of uh, the Star Trek Short Treks. But of course, I will bring the short treks over here to the podcast as well. So you can uh, you can catch me for a very short trek on uh, on YouTube and for a very or uh, a more elaborate Star Trek short trek on the after the snap podcast. So I, um, I asked on the last episode, what are you looking forward to accomplishing in 2019? And I uh, put that on the Facebook page and uh, I got a couple of responses and I will read those. Um, we got a res- uh, one response from Galen and his, re- his response was that he wants to accomplish wisdom, wealth, prosperity, peace of mind. And then... Uh, we had one from a Miss Tazada who said she wanted to accomplish patience in 2019. And I will share what I would like to accomplish 
2019 at the end of the episode. Um, so today, in review, looking back, I'm going to talk about five TV shows from 2018 that I really liked. The first would be Black Mirror. And I know a lot of people uh, have got jumped on the uh, Black Mirror bandwagon. It is a show that was basically, it was a BBC show, and it uh, blew up. Netflix took over production, and now it is primarily on Netflix. And what it is is an anthology series, kind of puts you in the mind of uh, the Twilight Zone. Except everything has a technological spin on it. So it's definitely ways that technology... uh, could tap into the darker side of humanity. And um, and, and I'll, I won't say the darker side, because in some instances, you know, it is not a deep, dark, horrible uh, ending to the stories of Black Mirror. But these Black Mirror episodes really are taking sci-fi to what I would think is another level. It's actually showing ways, the direction that's, uh, that technology can go and how much of ourselves we are giving up as technology advances. So most certainly, most certainly one of the uh, TV shows that I am very much looking forward to following in 2019. And then the next one is uh, should come as no surprise because I am uh, first, almost, uh, almost first, a Trekkie. <laughs> and I truly enjoyed the first season of Discovery. And Discovery is uh, is in um, a very funny place right now. It's kind of like in the middle of Trekkies who have uh, evolved past looking back at the, uh, the old series and thinking that everything has to follow that uh, blueprint. Yes, we do want a lot of the uh, the core beliefs of Starfleet to remain the same. We we want the Prime Directive to be uh, pretty important. We want the the feeling of hope that those series uh, inspired in a lot of people. We want those to be prevalent, but we need new stories and uh, a lot of diehards, a whole lot of Section Thirty One agents. They, they're not liking the direction that uh, Discovery has taken, especially with this first season. Uh, I'll say with everything up until the last couple of episodes, I think uh, the last couple of episodes uh, kind of spoke to the old school Trekkies. And uh, the, the newer, the older episodes, the episodes from the beginning of the season were kind of uh, to bring in a new audience and a new way of telling a Star Trek story. Because we know now that uh, Star Treks were pretty much standalones. You, you, you pretty much didn't have to watch the episode before to understand the episode that you were watching today. Um, maybe with the exception of a few arcs in Deep Space Nine, where they kind of took the anthology, where they, they kind of took the uh, serial route. But most of the other episodes are just standalone episodes, and you can watch them in any order, and it almost doesn't matter. But with Discovery, the st- there is an ongoing story. 
So if you miss an episode, likely you will miss a big part of what uh, is making the next episode go. Um, there's probably one episode that does not uh, does not weigh heavily on the episodes around it. But for the most part, you, you, you need to watch the entire season. And if you're not committed to watching the entire season, you may get lost. Um, the first episode of Discovery, of course, is setting up uh, a season of ups and downs for the main character, Sonequa Martin-Green. She plays Michael Burnham. Just a lot of a lot of things that she did at the beginning in those first two episodes just didn't seem very Starfleet. And uh, it caught the ire of a whole lot of Star Trek fans. And as a Star Trek fan, I'm saying this uh, series deserves a chance. And um, and I think that it would be in, in it would not be a bad idea to go. And if you have to uh, subscribe to CBS All Access, because that was another caveat that the only way you were going to get that in the States anyway, was if you uh if you subscribe to CBS All, All All Access, and a lot of people were not trying to spend that seven dollars a month to to watch one Star Trek series, but as we know, CBS All Access is expanding its uh, Star Trek offerings beginning in 2019, and uh, it might be a little more worth it to you. Now, I did pay the seven dollars a month to uh watch discovery even though in the beginning i faulted i railed against it i actually said i am not about to subscribe to another streaming service just to watch star trek and then the night came and and uh started discovery was about to come on and just laying here knowing that there was star trek within my grasp new trek within my grasp and I wasn't watching it, just got up under my skin and I had subscribed before I knew it and before the episode even started on CBS All Access. So, you know, um, that kind of speaks to the Trekkie in me, but I do not regret uh, watching the first season of CBS All Access's uh, Star Trek Discovery in real time. I didn't want to wait to binge it or something like that. I watched it episode by episode and I truly, truly enjoyed it. And I am looking forward to the next season, which is starting really soon here in June. I mean, June, here I go. January 14th, I believe. I'm going to look that up. If it's something different, I'm going to put it in the show notes. The next show, show number three that I really, really enjoyed in 2018 is one that just wrapped its season uh, last week. And that is Titans on DC Universe. Titans on DC Universe is about, you guessed it, the Teen Titans. And uh, except for, you know, they're, they're not all teenagers because we've got Nightwing or I'm sorry. At this point, he is still Dick Grayson. He is still Robin. And, um, we have Starfire, Raven, and Beast Boy. We also saw the Doom Patrol 
and a hawk and dove. And we got a glimpse, just a glimpse of Batman and just a glimpse of the Joker. But um, the show is primarily a dark take on the Titans. It's live action and it is an awesome, phenomenal show. If you can get past the uh, violence that we see, because no, we don't see Robin actually killing anybody. But like I said in a video prior to this, he's beaten the villains to within an inch of their life. So uh, Robin is not a boy wonder. <laughs> Robin is an adult man kicking butt. So uh, that is just another thing to uh, look forward to in 2019. We should be getting season two of Titans. And I, I've waxed poetic about this this series an awful lot over the last few weeks. You can look at, listen to any episode and hear me definitely giving a recommendation to subscribe to DC Universe and watch Titans. Unless you're overseas again. Just like CBS All Access, you will be able to pick up Titans on Netflix, I believe, if you are overseas in an area that does not support DC Universe. And then another uh, another show that I enjoyed in 2018 was The Orville. The Orville kind of took me by surprise. I, uh, I didn't think initially that I would like it. It was it airs pretty much simultaneously or at the same time, pretty much as a discovery. So I was thinking to myself, I can only watch one or the other. And then I thought about it. I can watch both of these these shows. And I'm very glad that I did. The Orville is uh, pretty much a sci fi show in the vein of. Star Trek the new generation I mean I'm sorry the next generation it is that it gives you that kind of vibe and it is uh, starring Seth MacFarlane and he is the captain of the Orville and he has had a, a hard time of it lately he's been through a bitter divorce and who does he get to be his first officer his ex-wife the Storyline is uh, pretty much standalone episodes. You don't really have to watch every episode in the correct order to get an understanding of the show. It is pretty, it's pretty much set up like uh, Star Trek. And when you look at it, when you see the uniforms and the starship Orville, you are going to get Star Trek feels. It's just, it feels that way. When you see the different uh, alien life forms, who are also part of the crew of the Orville. It's going to feel real, real Star Trek to you. But they do bring something new to the table. It is uh, comedic in nature. It is not 100% comedy, but you will get laughs. This is Seth MacFarlane we're talking about. So if you have not uh, watched the Orville, it, it actually airs on Fox. You don't have to spend no money. No extra money anyway. So you can watch uh, The Orville. And I believe it's going to be Sunday nights. And it's starting on December 30th. Uh, and leading into the new year. And my fifth and final show that I am looking for. Well, I'm sorry. 
that I enjoyed in 2018 was Marvel's Runaways. And I've talked about it just like I have about all the rest of these uh, shows. I've talked about it in previous episodes. Um, Runaways really took me by surprise again. And it's one that's on Hulu. So you will have to have the Hulu streaming service in order to in order to watch it. But uh, Runaways, the depth of the first season, it had a it was very uh I say they rounded their characters out well. And the characters that are at the core of it, of course, are a group of teenagers who are friends because their parents are all friends and, and colleagues of one another. And their their parents are part of a group called Pride. And the children are, uh, are friends be, because of the closeness of the parents. And what happens is the children stumble upon the uh, the reality that their parents are up to some dastardly stuff. And then they have to come to the uh, to a conclusion of do they support their parents in their wrongdoing or do they take a stand? And these kids uh, decided to take a stand and. Hence, the name of the show is Runaways. So you pretty much know what happens. And it was also a young adult uh, comic series. So if you are a younger adult and you've read these comics, it, it it's kind of true to the comics, but it does deviate in some areas. I myself have never read the comics, but I have seen enough commentary to know that if you have read the comics, there are some things that they stayed 100% consistent with and then there are other things they changed for uh you know for for theatrics for just to keep it kind of fresh because if you've read it already why would you want to just watch what you've read you you want some kind of twist to it and my understanding is they are given twists but one thing they do have is the dinosaur so if you are a fan of Runaways and you've read the young adult comics, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It is well worth the watch. And if you have Hulu, go ahead on and watch it. Let me know what you think. And now for the, my movies, the five movies that I enjoyed the most in 2018. One of them, I already know I'm going to catch a little flag for but this is my favorite movies. It's not necessarily your favorite movies, but sometimes I'm hard on uh, good movies because I know they can be better. They did not have to settle for the product that they gave us. So before you say you like this movie and you kind of had problems with Aquaman, before you say that, I am uh, conceding that Aquaman between this the Aquaman and the movie that I'm going to name first Aquaman is the better put together movie as far as uh as far as what I'm expecting in a sci-fi big comic book mashup movie Aquaman hit a lot of uh the good spots and it also left some questions and and I and I still have questions and I have a, a gentleman who uh, 
took issue just a little bit, not a lot of bit, but just enough issue with with my uh, Aquaman overrated uh, podcast episode. And I'm going to share with you what he had to say. And because I didn't get permission to uh, use his name, I will not. But uh, what this gentleman said on that post is that uh, I worked on the movies as a set builder. Bang on. Effing beautiful sets and brilliant and faultless. Uh, The seam lines between the CGI and the real set builds. The construction team had nothing to do with the storyline and the script. Australia, Gold Gold Coast Studios are the bomb for building movie sets. I'll go one further. We're the best in the industry. So he uh, he actually worked on the set at, at the uh, of the Aquaman uh, filming and the production set. And he was defending the good work of uh, Gold Coast Studios with his uh, his remarks here. And and I agree. I have no problem with the visuals. The visuals, the visuals were beautiful. My problem was definitely with some of the uh, plot holes. The plot holes were big enough to swim through, <laughs> pun intended. <laughs> so yeah, I and those were the issues I had. Never with the uh, CGI. In fact, uh, I made the example. There was none of the same foolery that went on with the CGI and the sets at uh, Justice League. Those same gaffes didn't happen with Aquaman. You didn't see huge, huge continuity errors with the CGI and uh, with the set. There was nothing like that to complain about. So um, this gentleman defended the work of he and his colleagues and I am saying he that was well worth it you you should defend your work because you guys did an awesome job um the only issues that I had with Aquaman was with uh some of these story points and how did this turn into Aquaman because I had to read that comment but um yeah Aquaman was a better overall movie I think I just got better feels and and some of the uh, some of the plot holes that I talked about were not present in this movie. And my first movie that I enjoyed in 2018 was Ready Player One. I really liked the movie. I liked uh, the feel that you are in a video game and that that everything, every move that you make in this video game uh, is a life or death move in the real world. And I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the aspect, the, a lot of the aspects of, of that movie. Um, yeah, I didn't find a whole lot, uh, wrong with the movie. Of course, I, there's been months since I've seen Ready Player One. So don't, uh, shoot me. I don't remember every little detail like I would a movie that I just saw a couple of weeks ago. But um, I did really enjoy that movie. I looked forward to seeing it. And then when I saw it, I wasn't completely dissatisfied with what I saw, if that makes any sense. The second movie that I enjoyed in 2018 
was Black Panther. For obvious reasons. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a Marvel fan. It was a long time coming getting a, a cast with that many black faces because and and be we can be real and be you know, keep it 100 we can watch a movie and never see anything but white people and while that is uh unfair i would say it, it it's something that it, as going to the movies you kind of got used to you kind of got used to the fact that there can be a whole cast of nothing but white people why can't that happen for other races and so what Black Panther did uh, for me, and I'm not talking about just a, a little small little film. I, I mean, a blockbuster. We can have a blockbuster with a lot of black faces in it. We still, you know, it, it wasn't diverse for sure. We had, uh, it was primarily black, 98% black. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that because I don't know if I've, I've given uh, away my age a million times, I think I've told how old my son is. I told he was 24. So, you know, I got to be older than 24, right? <laughs> I think I said, uh, I think I said it at the top of this episode that this is the 46th anniversary of me. So that means I'm, I'm 46 years old. And I had never seen a blockbuster film with that many black people in it. And I'm 46 years old. <laughs> You know, that's a, that's saying quite a bit. And I still went to movies. I still saw, uh, saw all the blockbusters or a lot of them. And I hardly ever saw even half of the crew on a blockbuster movie be black unless it was a bunch of black people getting killed or a bunch of black people doing some killing or you get what I'm saying? It was either it was a negative connotation or we was being servants or we were slaves or we were never in a position of power. So it meant an awful lot to see Black Panther. And I will never get tired of, of saying in all things, representation matters. So I won't I won't beat you over the uh, head with uh a million reasons because we know that Black Panther is coming in the watch party at some point. And you better believe that that's probably going to be an hour long episode because I saw that movie as more than just a Marvel fan. I was rooting for uh, the success of the movie on more than one front. And I'm not afraid. I'm not uh, ashamed to admit that I wanted to see that movie succeed for more than one reason. And we'll get far, far more into it as, uh, as you get to know me. And as we get closer to that Black Panther uh, uh, watch party episode, it's coming. So the next movie would be Into the Spider-Verse. And, uh, it turned out to be my favorite movie of 2018. And that's me uh, just after I told you how much I really and truly loved Black Panther. Into the Spider-Verse turned into my favorite movie of 2018. And again, it is because of the uh, 
inclusion that that we saw in this movie. A, and I, I don't want to give away a whole lot of stuff, but I'm going to give away this. A, we had Miles Morales, who is uh, representing Black and Latino in a Spider-Man character. You just let that sink in. In a Spider-Man character given a great script, given a great story to work behind, wasn't sloppily done. You cannot, uh, you cannot know what that means to little black kids. How many little black kids suddenly see the the fact that they can be Spider-Man? How many little Latino kids said, you know what? I can be Spider-Man. Representation matters in all things. Also, how many people noticed that Doc Ock was a woman? In this, we we get villains, but we don't get super villain, main villain treatment like that as far as women are concerned. And, you know, Dr. Octopus has always been a male character. And I and I know that there are those who are going to uh, who are going to be against the sex change. And I, I, I can't you know, I can't uh, argue with your ideals are your feelings of why they should not have introduced Dr. Octopus as a female character. But let me tell you, was she badass? She was badass. I tried to go without cursing. I've said it now and I'm not going to edit it out. So, but she was badass. We know that uh, Doc Ock is a recurring villain for, for uh, Spider-Man and just for her finally to get the 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 same treatment that you would give uh Kingpin and she wasn't the big bad in this in this uh in this movie but she got that treatment we had to respect her villainy because she was Dr. Octopus so that made just that level of inclusion and i won't again won't beat you over the head with it but it's the truth um, my fourth movie would be Bumblebee. All of these movies came out right around each other into the Spider-Verse. Bumblebee, great movie. I cannot say enough about uh, Bumblebee from the point of seeing him on Cybertron and how he lost his voice and the fear he had when he met Charlie he was apprehensive and he had a lot of power. He just didn't want to be violent. He didn't want to do anything with her. In fact, he had he had kind of forgotten who he was, but uh, he felt fear and so did she. And we got to see two teenagers become friends. And if you don't think that that was fleshed out enough, or if you don't think that that was a, uh, a well-done movie to watch their friendship grow. I don't know what a well-done movie is to you. And honestly, I don't want to, like I say, drop huge spoilers. It's it's only been like a week since the movie's been out. Uh, and I don't want to blow it all the way up. I will do that on YouTube though real soon. 
I'm going to blow it up on YouTube in like a five or 10 minute video. And, um, but as far as the podcast is concerned, I'm going to give it another watch and then I will come with a real spoiler, uh, episode for, for Aquaman, Bumblebee and into the Spider-Verse real spoilers. I dropped a couple of them here today, but nothing huge. I'm just going to tear it apart and put it back together for you guys. But yes, that is the that is the uh the fourth movie. And of course, drum roll please for the last movie. It was not my favorite movie, but oh my goodness, did it set up? Uh this is the the only movie that has set me up to where I cannot think, dream or sleep about anything else until we see the next installment of it because it was so well done and that cliffhanger was so well executed and that movie could only be Avengers Infinity War need I say more that's the movie that started it all (laughs) and I've I've seen all these other movies before and after that movie you have to keep coming back to it is a pop culture phenomenon it is uh, inspiring the geekdom in ways that I did not know we could be inspired. So kudos to the Russo brothers for uh, putting a mic in my face because what I wasn't going to do it, I would have talked about doing it forever and I would not have done it, but for that movie, <laughs> hence the name after the snap. Uh, so that movie was my inspiration for the podcast and I've got a million other ideas but this is where I had to come first so uh that is that that is saying a whole lot about one little movie from 2018 we're going to talk a little bit about things that I'm looking forward to as far as TV is concerned uh in 2019 so my TV shows that I'm looking forward to in 2019, what I'm looking forward to in 2019 was Young Justice. I've talked about Young Justice. I told you I know it's an animated series, and it is only on DC Universe. And I'm telling you, Titans is worth getting DC Universe. And after Titans goes off, Young Justice is worth, I think, keeping <laughs> DC Universe. This is going to be the third season. This is a, a season that the fandom demanded. They demanded a follow-up season to their second season that was way back in 2011, 2012. DC Universe launches. The fandom has spoken and DC has answered. And again, I always say DC Animated Universe is where it's at. And uh, this this show looks like it's going to pick up where season two left off and we're going to have our, our some of our main stars, our main characters are going to uh, have experienced a little more growth, maybe gotten promoted into new positions. I talked about that on a previous episode and I can't wait. January 4th, I cannot wait on the next TV show that I'm looking forward to in 2019 is the Twilight Zone. Yes, Jordan Peele is 
bringing the anthology series, The Twilight Zone, back to television. And I cannot wait. There has already been a very, very exclusive list of uh, of uh, people who will be starring in episodes to include like Sanaa Lathan. There's a lot. I, I don't have it right in front of me. A lot. But I remember her. And uh, I can't wait to see what uh, Jordan Peele has for us uh, in the Twilight Zone. And then, also on television, we'll have Watchmen. And Watchmen, again, it's one of those dark uh, superhero flicks. And if you remember the movie The Watchmen, then this is that in a TV in a TV series, um, we're gonna get those characters back. We're gonna get to follow them over the arc of um, many episodes instead of just that one two-hour movie. And I can't wait to see what's done with that. Um, we're also gonna get the Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol is coming on DC Universe as well. I know I sound like I'm getting sponsored by DC Universe. I promise I'm not, unless they wanna. I mean, DC Universe, do you do you want you want to do something with me? You know, after the snap at gmail.com. But yeah, but I'm not I'm not holding my breath for DC Universe to call me. But Doom Patrol is the next episode or the next TV show that I am looking forward to in 2019. Last but not least, and there is a recurrent theme in my uh in my TV that I'm looking forward to because the last one is the CW crossover crisis on infinite earths. And that's when the um, characters from arrow uh, from flash from legends of tomorrow from Supergirl, um, possibly from uh, Batgirl and uh, black lightning Possibly we might be getting all the CW shows this time, but when they do a crossover uh, arc where each one of their uh, episode of each one of their shows is is committed to furthering this arc. I love it. And this year, this year's was elsewhere, Elseworlds. And I just really love that. And as a matter of fact, it should have been in one of my uh, top five just for episodes though and um crises on infinite earths i i think it's about time that that we tackle this and i i have a feeling we're going to uh lose a superhero in infinite earths and anybody who watches the cw shows uh will probably know which hero I feel like we're going to lose after watching Elseworlds. If not, watch Elseworlds again and then come over to uh, Facebook on After the Snap and let me know if you've come up with a character that you think we're going to lose in 2019's crossover. I, I, be- I honestly believe that we've reached the end of the road with one of them. Um, so, yeah, can't wait for that. Can't wait for that episode to come out. Um, let's see movies for 2019 and I'm not, I'm just going to name them off because I've been rambling on here for a few minutes now. Um, 
my number one movie for 2019 that I'm looking forward to is Captain Marvel. And after that, it's Shazam. After that, it's Glass. So we're at three movies now. <laughs> um, after Glass, the fourth movie I'm looking forward to in 2019, that is sci-fi related or superhero or fantasy action, that type of movie, will be the uh, Godzilla. And last but not least, the movie I am most looking forward to in 2019 Avengers Endgame and could it have been anything else uh truly truly looking forward to Avengers Endgame in 2019 last but not least I I wanted to go back to this TV that I look forward to in 2019 because if you didn't notice when we're talking TV shows it's DC for me but when we're talking movies, it's Marvel for me. So you see how I've got love for both of these properties. And they're not the only properties in the world, of course. But I've got love for both of these properties. It's just, uh, I think, for me, and, and this, is, this is not me speaking for the entire fandom. But for me, I enjoy DC's TV shows a little bit more than I do Marvel's TV shows. And as for movies, I truly enjoy the Marvel movies more than I've been enjoying the DC movies of late. So there's the disclaimer of late. Um, so that wraps up my uh, year in review and my look ahead. I need to make a call to action to you before I make the, the, the regular call to action. This is the call of action for 2019 that I'm, I'm making for the listeners. I want you to make at least one of your dreams come true in 2019. Put yourself in a position to have all the things you, know you need and some of the shit you want. Manifest. Imagine yourself holding that one thing you only dreamt of and make that a reality and continue to kick it with me while I do the same. And, uh, Happy New Year and uh, come back. Stay with me. We're going to keep giving pop culture with a snap. Uh, and now you have to get to the business. And the business says, if you would like to contact me, you can do that at afterthesnap at gmail.com. If you would like to reach me on social media, on Facebook, it's After The Snap. We also have a group called The Snap Survivors, and you know that's where everything goes down. On Twitter, I'm at Snap After. Instagram, I'm at uh, After The Snap 2018. On YouTube, you can find me at After The Snap Channel. And uh, what did it say? What did it say? Patreon. If you would like to support the show financially, you know, assisting going to the movies or uh, purchasing new equipment or just curtailing some of the costs associated with the production of this podcast, you can do that at Patreon.com/slash After the Snap. We have tiers that start as low as one dollar a month. And if you would like to just give me a one-time donation, 
I'll take that too. I can do that at PayPal. PayPal.me slash after the snap. I thank you. You guys gave me my, my first two months. So awesome. I am so looking forward to uh, a, a year with you guys coming up soon. And I forgot, I forgot to say what I'm looking forward to in 2019 as far as uh, the podcast is concerned. And the number one thing is hitting my 175th day. Because as I stated in a, in a previous episode, a podcast average, the life of a podcast averages about 174 days. So 175 days is what I'm shooting for before I have my first major celebration. And guess what? 175 days from November 2nd is... It is April 26, 2019. Do you know what else is April 26, 2019? You guessed it. That's when Endgame drops. So nine times out of ten, the party just got bigger for April 26, 2019. That will be my 175th day as a podcaster. Um, I'm also looking forward to hitting my 100th episode. That's going to be sometime in October. Be celebrating my first year uh, sometime November. And my first recurring project was the MCU Watch Party. That was the first big project that I did with my podcast. And we should be finishing that in April of next year. And then also my last thing that I'm looking forward to with my podcast in 2019 is interacting more with the audience whether it's 12 people or 12,000 people I appreciate you and since I've got nothing else thank you thank you thank you for joining me for this episode of after the snap and I'll catch you on the flip